Hey people, welcome to Coffee Catch-Ups with me, Amelia Beaumont. And me, Tanya Wiley. Coffee Catch-Ups is a Christian podcast all about life in your 20s. Um, we are not theologians, we are not Bible teachers, we're not scholars, we're just two people who love Jesus and want to get to know him better. Tanya, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm actually quite nervous about doing this podcast today. Normally <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> but I like can't stop smirking because I'm like, oh, what are we talk about? <laughs> I know I'm really excited for it too actually it's gonna be mm. such a good one yeah. um so well to not keep the people waiting super long I have a question for you okay are you single are you asking me out <laughs> <Hell yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I am single you are, are you, ladies. Are you I, single? I'm single too do you know what part of me was like she's gonna use this tell me that she's now got a boyfriend it's like psych because I'm not (laughs) I'm so unbelievably single Um, it is unbelievable that you're single I'm shocked (laughs) I can say the same to you like you know but yeah no so for those of you that haven't haven't quite worked it out what we're talking about today Amelia we are talking about singleness (laughs) Singleness. Oh wow. I mean the question is, if we're both single, what is wrong with us? Yeah. There must be. We've been left on the shelf. And it's just it's just not okay, is it? We might as well just sign ourselves to spinsterhood and have done with it. Yeah, well, I mean at 25 we are past it. Mm-hmm. So yeah that's it really we have missed both of us missed our chances yeah yeah um absolutely I mean we should have been married for several years now with a few kids on the way yeah yeah, yeah. so shame. and so for those of us not living in the Victorian era um it's totally okay to still be single um and what we I think kind of what we've entitled this podcast is um uh not a waiting room Mm-hmm. It? so I don't know about you Amelia but as as someone who's single sometimes I feel like people particularly those that are married and or in relationship often and even those single often view singleness as a waiting room until you get married like it's a bit like it's a stage of life you know how like childhood or teenage is a stage of life mm-hmm. <laughs> people go yeah singleness like stage, stage of life and I just really think we need to try and reclaim that and switch how we how we view singleness because otherwise you can end up feeling like a second class citizen do you can you resonate with any of that oh man so much it's so true like I think like within the church particularly I, I think my non-christian friends as far as I know, I don't think my non-Christian friends really view it like this because in the church yeah. we talk about it so much. Um, but like you kind of go singleness, relationship, engagement, marriage, mm-hmm. and then like kids and whatever. Like it, it all fe- they all feel like very separate kind of stages. And you know, you can't kind of cross between one or the other. Like as soon as you're in a relationship you have to stay in a relationship and that has to move to engagement and that has to move to marriage Mm -hmm. um otherwise you've sort of you failed and gone back a step um but you know actually within the church there are so many different people at different stages of life yeah um you know you will absolutely know people in all of those stages stages 
as it were. Um, but then, as you say, you know, it's not a stage of life. It's, yeah. it's always, you know, it's a state of being. And I think that's where so much misunderstanding comes because yeah. actually like, you know, it's, it, it's not like you can sort of, mm. it's not so separate. Do you, do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. It's like, um, it's something that should be uh, like given, pra- not praise, cause we're here to praise God, but like given a bit more worth than it gets. Like it almost the kind of idea that you have to ultimately end up in marriage. Yeah, there's people out there who who choose singleness and they choose to be single for their whole life. Um, and in fact, you know, Paul talks about that quite clearly in Corinthians. I think it's a lot of Corinthians seven. It's it's about you know if you if you have to get married, if you can't can like contain your your lust or your sexual desire, then get married. Um, but if not, stay single. You can. In fact, there's a there's a verse I'm going to get up, which is my. It's quite a, it's quite a tricky passage to be honest. Some of it. Um, so one Corinthians seven verse 32 says I would like you to be free from concern an unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs how he can please the Lord but a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world and how he can please his wife Uh, his interests are divided Uh, that also refers to women as well Um, so there's definitely something in how Paul talks about singleness as something to be like really gone after like you want to be single because then you can delight in the Lord first um, but I do feel like, particularly in our Christian modern church, we seem to forget that. And it always seems to be marriage is the, the most important of the states of being. Um, yeah, and for sure. And I, I think, not that I'm going to go on a rant, um, but I think a lot of this comes down to the historical status of women. Mm, okay go on like obviously marriage is a great thing but through the centuries because partially because women have been seen as second-class citizens and it's the the perception is has been that women cannot deal with things on their own Mm -hmm. and so you know oh they must be in want of a husband um like because you know men have to look after the women yeah but also this we've got this perception and, and I realise in speaking as a woman here, I don't know how it is for, for guys in this kind of stage of life. I think the perception has been that women need looking after in their yeah. I mean, that's where marriage marriage comes from. It's about because women couldn't work for themselves. They had to rely on men's income. Um, um, but also, you know, marriage is also really great. And um, God loves marriage. No, no hate on the marriage folk listening. Um, we love you guys uh, and we really bless your marriages and hope that 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 may become stronger and more godly that was just a little disclaimer because your point is so right um, and obviously we're speaking as women and I do think there's a slight double standard here okay because um you might say it's biological because women have a ticking biological clock on when they can have kids so I hear that argument a lot about why um women feel this pressure to get married 
sooner um and but the phrase left on the shelf and um when people are worried about you being single we heard you were single we were really worried why don't we set you up oh we're all still single in I mean I may be wildly off here but generally that's said to women more often than men uh, the, even like Hollywood, the the poor celebrities that do Hollywood, they're not poor at all. They're very wealthy, but they do have the media in their life, in their personal life. And I do really feel for them. That's really, really tough. Um, but the the single women get a lot more flack than the single men. Like Leonardo DiCaprio, famously single, but called a stud, called a ladies man, not not called a spinster or a left on the shelf woman. Um, not called not good enough there's this there's this pressure that I don't know I feel at 25 and I don't think 25 is particularly old no I do know what you mean it mm. does it we're sort of given this clock it's like by the time you're 30 you should have achieved achieved a certain amount of things one of which usually people put marriage in there mm. and it's or, or at least kind of a very stable relationship that's heading there but it's interesting um, your use of the word achieve like marriage is something one achieves right. rather than yeah, it's not an achievement. Um, it's something that you, it's a covenant. So it's a, it's a promise to one another. It's not an achievement. Just because somebody is married doesn't mean that they're any better or worse than their single friends. Yeah, exactly. But this is exactly how it's been put out is mm-hmm. that it is, it's something you have to achieve. Like it's, you know, because because people tend to kind of put it in with their goals in life yeah it's so often conflated with some sort of talent mm-hmm. you know I think it really devalues marriage in a way because we we look at it as this box to tick mm. and it's it's not it's really not like you say it's a covenant and it's something beautiful that's shared between two people yeah and like and actually you know but but it's not the be all and end all. Marriage is actually really really tough. It requires you know putting a lot of effort and energy and compromise and love towards somebody else. They are become one of your top priorities, um, and that can be really hard. It's really hard to do life with with one person. Relationships are hard. Um, and they can, like, like I said in that verse in Corinthians, they can divide us uh, a little bit. Whereas a single person is is freer to to spend more time with God, to do what they want. There's definitely advantages, um, and it's really important. And I know I've heard many talks about singleness, listing the advantages of being single. It was more spontan, like you're more spontaneous. You can go and help people. You can go wherever. Um, and for my job, that's certainly helpful. It's really nice not to have to ask um, my a partner every time I get a gig somewhere else. I can just say yes or no, depending. And that's great. And God gives you freedom in that. Uh, you can also spend more of your time with your relationship with God. Um, we, I think we'll in a minute we'll talk about the struggle of singleness and and how that can be a real heartache. Um, but one thing to say to that before we even sort of get into any depth on that is that marriage isn't a cure for that for loneliness it's not a cure for loneliness um because marriages can be really lonely places marriage is two human beings who are broken people because they're all broken people mm-hmm. coming together and walking alongside each other and again that's a beautiful thing but actually you cannot rely on that other person to fix you 
or mm. to solve your issues because that's not what they're there for or to complete you my yeah. other half it's your oh. language isn't it my other oh. half because you're already a whole that is yeah. you know not you're not a half you are a whole um and that's that's true whether you're single or in a relationship or mm-hmm. married you are a whole and so you you cannot like rely on that other person to complete you because you're putting them on this pedestal um mm. you know only god can do that and also i am uh, aware that it although the two because obviously the two topics of marriage and singleness are intrinsically related because they are very different to one another um but um we, you know in order to justify singleness you don't have to pull down marriage if you see what I mean so you don't be like well if, if I was married I wouldn't be able to but it's really good to count your blessings and I think that's what I get what I'm trying to get through with the um with when I was talking about kind of the freedom and the things that singleness allows you where, where marriage doesn't because so often in singleness if you're stuck in that stage and you've got heart's desire for uh, for a partner um for marriage then you can end up looking solely at that and being like oh, I want that and not recognizing your blessings now it's a little bit like what we're talking about on the podcast um, I'm not where I thought I'd be mm-hmm. um, about how we you know you really need to we need to start learning to appreciate the stage or where we are the play park that we're in if you listened to that uh, podcast you'll understand what metaphor I'm using there um and, and I'm definitely preaching to myself here because I just don't I don't I'm not very good at recognizing my singleness as a blessing and I often slip into thinking it's a waiting room mm, me too me mm. too I also I, I read an article once a Christian article that was entitled singleness is not a problem to be solved yes it's so similar to what you're saying because actually we look at it as again this thing to be solved there's a box to tick that says marriage Whereas that that's not what it is. Yeah. That's really not what it is. Um, but yeah, it is it is a struggle a lot it of is. the time, isn't it? It really is. I I don't know about you. I have never had a relationship. That's not something that I've ever had. No one's ever asked. Um, I I don't know whether anyone has ever been interested because no one's ever kind of expressed it. Um, it's tough, man. Mm because I you know I'm I mean I'm a hopeless romantic but but marriage is something that I do want um it's it's something that I feel that is like a a real like a heart cry um and yeah it's hard because I think especially I mean you know not not that nobody else has this kind of these kind of struggles in in different ways but like when when nobody has ever expressed interest mm. it's really easy to feel very unwanted yeah which you know I mean I've, I've expressed this to Tanya a few times mm. kind of like emotional voice notes going oh, I'm so single it hurts yeah um and it, yeah it's really hard I mean what's your what's your experience well firstly on what you say I don't want to just um move on to me although that is very much the sort of thing I would do um <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, no, man, I feel like there's a there's definitely people listening that could p- probably relate to that idea of, you know, um, why aren't people asking? Why am I still in this position? My heart really wants to be with somebody, to have a partner. And there's loads of, like, the majority of people I know who are single would, would really quite like to have a partner, myself included. Um, and it's it's a really tricky one. And I think from from doing life with you, Amelia, I know that it comes in waves. 
Mm-hmm. There are some days <laughs> where you're just like, oh, I really like, I just really want a partner. Wouldn't it be nice? Um, and and that's, a, I, I can't understand necessarily why that is part of the journey sometimes. And I don't understand why some people um, just, it happens and straight away. And, and I'll leave that with God to, to work out why. And, um, but it is, it is very frustrating and I totally relate to that. For myself, um, I, I'm single, as we said at the beginning. Um, so anybody interested, just drop me a DM. <laughs> Coffee catch-ups podcast. Three in a row. Anyway, we've, we digress. Um, I was talking about, um, yeah, I totally resonate to what you're saying, Amelia. Um, like, I have had partners in the in the past, um, and I feel like <laughs> uh, when I was in my late teens, early 20s, I didn't really mind too much about being single it's definitely as I've got a bit older and I think I mentioned on another podcast like I was in a relationship which I thought was going to go to marriage um got quite close and then didn't happen and although you know I make I make the effort now to rejoice in that um as hard as it is it's so frustrating because my it ignited something in me (laughs) it ignited this um vision of what the future was going to be and it ignited a part of me that became very much because you know serious relationships you sort of start practicing marriage that's kind of what a relationship sort of ends up being the closer and further along you come you're sort of practicing oh could I could I be married to this person um so I ignited in myself this person who was who had an identity of the the girlfriend the partner the um the I put you above me and it was really hard to suddenly change and go back into the singleness sphere um and then I've been in and out of it um in sort of shorter term ones and I find for myself my struggle is um sometimes it's an attention thing I really want validation here right now um and there's a whole load of issues there um and then other times it's genuinely like a real heart cry um and it's important that and I'm preaching to myself massively to remember that the because your heart is crying out for it doesn't mean that you should do everything in your power to date somebody for the sake of dating somebody so that you're closer to that goal. I just, yeah, no, that's so true that I, th- I really, what you say about like not dating for the sake of it, that's so important because actually mm-hmm. that's not, it's not fair on the other person for a start and it's also not fair on you. And I, I think it's, you know, we, it's trying to force a solution to what you perceive as a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's not a problem to be solved. Like singleness is, it's such a cliche and I, I, I almost hate myself for saying it, but singleness, <laughs> <Go on. laughs> singleness is a gift. Um, and it's, you know, I, again, I struggle believing that so much of the time, mm-hmm. um, but it is. And I think what you're saying about counting your blessings is actually so key because, you know, again, there are so many, so many great things about singleness mm. there really are and, and like you say it does it does come in waves like I have definitely gone through like I said kind of stages of like I don't know probably about at least a week at a time of just going ah oh, Tanya <laughs> help me I feel so single and unwanted and there and mm. 
and you know particularly when you like somebody as well and it's really uh unrequited unrequited love guy oh my goodness and has told it's been part of my story um so many times and it's just like it sucks it really does but also there are so many beautiful blessings that come out of singleness um like you know you like you said before you like you're able to invest that time in god you're also able to invest that time in friendships Mm. Um, like friendships are such a blessing get some good people around you if you haven't already and and invest time in them because actually like quality time as well as being you know kind of one of the the five love languages which we all probably know about as christians um (laughs) it's um like it does it helps you it it helps you get to know that person and you really being able to walk alongside people is such a blessing like that's something that we found you said it a second ago like um and I was gonna I was gonna interrupt but you were saying some great stuff um where you were like there was a wave that hit me and then you rang then you were like Tanya come I'm feeling like this and not to big myself up because all I did was listen like it was you know and go I totally relate um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but that that's one of the the solutions to when when singleness is hard um is friendships because you know what what's what's root, the root of it is um I want companionship and I mean even in in Genesis when when God creates man um he go he he then realizes <laughs> that he needs to create a companion for Adam and then creates Eve um but I think when I'm just going to get the verse up because I think the language is important in this one um the Lord God so this is Genesis 2 18 the Lord God said it is not good that man should be alone um that's just very very short and then he creates he creates Eve um but what I love that is it's, it's not good for man to be alone that that doesn't say it is not good for man to be unmarried. He says it's not good for man to be alone. So of course, being alone is is not. We're designed for community. We're designed to be a family in some way or another. Um, and so loneliness is something that can be is re- is really hard. It, loneliness is not the same as singleness there's there might be an element of that within your singleness struggle but it's not they're not they're not two they're not the same like mm. and I feel like too often it gets equated as the same uh, if you're single oh gosh you must be lonely that's so not necessarily the case you you stumbled on it uh, you stumbled on it you said it earlier Amelia um you've got time to invest in friendships you can get what you what you need you can get the human intimacy that you need from various different people um and I definitely found a real huge um this is a separate subject matter but it's sort of related when I were have had a a bad breakup in the past one of the things I was really proud of myself for that during the relationship because sometimes this can happen people get into relationships and then they just do that person and that's the that's all they're they're like oh this person will be everything I need from another human being um and people do that and the friends get sort of pushed side and that's that but well, I never did that because I really knew the value of my friends and when we broke up I was like calling my friends for different things some friends I needed for just going out and having fun some friends I needed for serious deep chats um and 
there's something within that that we're not just loneliness is combated by community not by marriage mm, what a quote mm -hmm. sister. loneliness is combated by community not by marriage it's so true mm -hmm. and again it, I think it kind of it does bring us back to what we were saying earlier about you know marriage is not the cure for loneliness yeah but um it, it is so true and actually friendships are amazing like you can get so much from your community and I, I know not everybody is is called to be married yeah and and I think there's a real there's a real lack of recognition for those who are called to singleness mm. um and again like we were saying earlier like it's often really devalued like I, I I have another friend who who said to me at one point um that she felt that she she didn't really want to be married yeah or or have kids or anything like that and mm -hmm. the amount of people that had come to her and said oh you'll grow out of that <laughs> like <laughs> which is number one extremely patronizing and insulting mm. um, how, how dare somebody tear down someone for their security and singleness right yeah like, you know but also you know that's not what she wants are you going to try and force it into a marriage mm -hmm. like that's not okay yeah. Um, but actually, you know, we we devalue that so much, and particularly as the church, mm. like this is a real church issue, guys. It's a real church problem. It's not so much a secular problem at the minute, largely because of the institution of marriage has lost its value in the in the modern secular world. Um, but that can be really helpful as well. I've got a, a load of friends who are not Christian, who I hang out with sometimes when I'm like, I'm sick of talking about marriage and relationships. I just <laughs> talk about something else. Um, <laughs> so I hang out with them. No, for sure, for sure. Mm. But yeah, like there's so much that actually we, again, overlook about singleness. Um, but yeah, please, please, like if you are one of these people, like, <laughs> mm. Like, just don't, because actually, because again, singleness is, it's sometimes it is a choice. Yeah. And, and that is okay. Like, we are not created to be married. We're created to be in relationship with God. Yeah. And um, we're not going to be married in heaven. Exactly. That's the subject people really struggle with. Like, people, particularly couples that have been married for a long time, they're like, oh my goodness, we're not going to be married in heaven. What's this? Um. So it's an interesting point you raise about the church and that this is a real church problem. So how, how do we start to change that dialogue? So Amelia, as, as somebody who's single, you understand the, the struggle, the pain. Um, you probably have a mixture of friends who are single and married alike how what do you think is the way that we start to change this narrative away from marriage being the, uh, the goal um that allows single people to have a equal value and worth in the church yeah i think a lot of it comes down to how we talk about ourselves okay. um that you know but particularly not like it does apply to when you're talking over yourself in your kind of inner mental monologue um but also particularly kind of talking in front of other people because like we say this is a church issue mm. um and not always but particularly sometimes the older generations um view this as you know you're you're young you're single therefore you must be looking for marriage mm. um and and so actually 
you know when you talk about yourself be confident in who you are Mm. um because actually you know if we have this viewpoint of ourselves that we are incomplete yeah as single people then no matter what we say that is probably going to come across to the people we speak to Mm. um and in terms of kind of changing that narrative actually if we're confident in ourselves and who we are and what God has done in our lives Mm. regardless of relationship status Mm -hmm. I think that really does make a big difference um but also you know when people do say oh haven't you got a boyfriend yet or haven't you got a girlfriend yet like just be like no yeah and actually and actually I'm I'm fine like you don't you don't like there's, there's almost an expectation that you go oh no like not yet but hopefully soon yeah like and actually saying things like that or or implying things like that in your mannerisms can it just perpetuates this culture yeah. which is really not what we want and I, and I think yeah you know those sorts of questions do make people feel uncomfortable mm-hmm, absolutely um, and it just it's reinforcing the idea that it's it's less isn't it being single um but that doesn't mean I just want to jump on your point very briefly to say I think it's about choosing who you um share certain things with sometimes that could be useful so if you are struggling with singleness I I mean it's not not saying bottle it up and only say I'm fine with this I'm fine with it I'm fine I mean there's something in that to say to remembering your your worth and your value as a single person and the confidence that you should walk that you you walk in the in the name of the Lord (laughs) not in the please please validate my relationship status (laughs) um but actually being mindful of who you disclose that struggle with is really helpful so you're not doing it in sort of more in a trivial way but in a with a mate a close friend mm. you know what t- today I'm struggling with this please pray with me or remind me of of give me some encouragement or what have you because I think you're right I think if we, we perhaps we need to be in general all of us need to be a little bit more careful with how we talk about relationship status. Um, and I particularly, I would ask my married friends and anybody listening who's married to really be mindful of when you ask these questions uh, or when you try and set people up or, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of dialogue from, from married people about, oh, have, are you not in a relationship yet? Or, oh, tell me, tell me about your dating life. Um, and I'm definitely guilty of it myself of, with certain friends. I just, we end up talking about boys um, uh, or, or girls and I'll ask them, oh, how's, how's your love life? Guilty. <laughs> um, we literally talk about this all the time. <laughs> we do, don't we? But actually, I don't think we're as guilty about this um, I've, because we tend to go, how are you doing with your singleness? You're you're loving it. You're not. What's happening? So I feel like that's slightly healthy. I'm talking about the friends I get, like who will come up to me and be like, so anyone on the scene? Um, <laughs> but anyway, that was a massive anecdote, unnecessary to basically say it's not a trivial question like the how are you that you do when you, you're just making small talk. Yeah, I think I think what you're saying about kind of choosing who you speak about this but this is really important because it is a personal thing like mm-hmm. if you know if you're one of these people who who shares who's happy to wear their heart on their sleeve that's fine I do this I I actually I'm quite an open book 
um, as, you, as you may be able to tell from listening to me on this podcast, I don't mind <laughs> what I share with people. Um, I have shared. It's a massive gift. It's a massive gift. But you know, but also it, it is okay to to be choosy about who. You, like there, there are things that I would share with Tanya, but not with another friend. Um, or, or you know, it's it's one of those things that actually it's okay to be choosy about that you don't have to go into everything particularly with you know sort of well-meaning people at church who who really want to know because because they do they clearly they do care yeah, yeah. actually sometimes it's we don't want to perpetuate this kind of culture yeah but, I think as well um what I would just add to that is maybe also a real positive thing to take from this is not oh gosh this is a real big problem but more of actually maybe we should be trying to hang out with each other a bit more like I think one of the most welcoming things a married couple can do is welcome a, a single person round for dinner but how often does that happen it doesn't happen as often as you think because often couples tend to pair up and I'll have this couple round for dinner or um and and equally the single person going and hanging out with their their um a friend who is who's got children that often is a divide as well um but actually as a church because we are a community we're a family we're a family um that we should be really trying to understand one another and I think as we as in these podcast episodes we're going to be talking about different areas of relationship over the course of time but also remembering that they're all intrinsically you can learn from each area and each person and you can love and bless people from different stages for want of a better word <laughs> definitely because again I think you know kind of what we were saying before it's, it's important not to separate these things because we all are part of the body of Christ and, yeah. and ultimately we all have the same calling like there's a, this is a verse I found um earlier in 1 Peter it's uh, chapter 2 verse 9 but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood a holy nation God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light and I, I think that verse is so beautiful because it really it recenters us mm. so much because actually, you know, the goal the goal of life again is not to be married. The goal of you know, it's a good thing to want that, sure, but that's not the ultimate, it's not the be all and end all. Um and actually our worth and our calling are not determined by our relationship status. Like ultimately you know the thing that we're here to live out on earth is this calling of being a royal priesthood we are god's people um and and actually you know it's a beautiful thing he called us out of darkness into light like yeah. jesus died for us and he saved us so that we can have this beautiful intimate relationship with god and actually it's so easy again kind of maybe particularly in the first in the first world and in, in developed countries to overlook that and go oh well you know I've got all of my material possessions that I need mostly mm. but oh a relationship would be would be really great because I'm really lonely yeah um, and we we overlook the the provision uh, that Jesus has already given us of this access to God mm. um, yeah. and it, it's so easy for that to just kind of slip on on sort of the hierarchy almost um, and, yeah. and relationships kind of take precedence but actually like Jesus should be our first love yes um, 
like it's literally about to say those words (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that's that is what it should be Mm. um that's that's what it should be for the single people among us that's what it should be for the married people among us yeah um like you know if if he's not your first love you've got a problem like sort that one out before trying to sort a relationship out because actually it's not worth going into a relationship if you don't have that first like like I saw this um it was super cheesy it was one of these like Christian clothing apparel companies but I really I did love it it was when I was about 14 and I've never forgotten it um it was like you know to to all my single Christian gal pals kind of thing um let your heart be so lost in God's that when a man starts to seek it he has to seek God's heart first oh like that's it was, good it was so good it was slightly better phrased than that but that was the, the main gist of it oh my goodness I've I've literally never forgotten that for the last yeah. 10 years or so and it's so so important yeah. like if you lose yourself in God that's a beautiful thing that doesn't prevent you being married like it also it doesn't prevent anything else it enables you and it sets you free like this is what we want that's beautiful I love that I want you to send that to me (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely and it's yeah it's something that I I really try and strive to to remember all the time because actually if if we've not got that relationship with God what is everything else worth Mm. like relationship possessions job like what is it all worth um actually you know and I think it's so when we are feeling very single as I often do like I and I'm preaching to myself here as well yeah like refocus yourself on God and just I think declaring truth is a is a, a powerful one again like we Tanya pointed out the other day that my mum features very heavily in this podcast and all of her yeah. stuff. She really does. She's great, man. Your mum's an inspiration. What an absolute legend, honestly. But she is so good at declaring truth mm-hmm. and going, you know, these are my circumstances, but the fact is that God is good. Yeah. The fact is that God is faithful. Yeah. The fact Thank is God. God has good things planned for my life. And the fact is that he won't ever let me down because he's never broken a promise. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I, I, it's such a, I think it, for me, it's been such a key thing in, in this kind of journey of singleness. And it is a journey. Mm. Um, it, it may not have an end until I die. Who knows? Um, but actually, even if I am single for the rest of my life, God's still good. Yeah. Like that doesn't change. That doesn't stop. I'm yeah, stop. I love that. The, the ability to go, but God is, is good. Tanya, do you want to sum up? for us before we move on yeah I mean it's hard to sum up because every I feel like everybody's journey is different some people if you are rejoicing in your singleness right now then I'm cheering you on keep going if you're choosing singleness then this is amazing you're great do not let people make you feel bad about that decision if you do not want to be in singleness right now and you are um I totally relate hashtag relatable um there is joy to be found um, in, in singleness. There is worth. And also one of the things as well, like I know we've talked a lot about identity already, um, but going right back to the beginning, when we were talking about how somehow you're not 
worthy or you're left on the shelf. I just want to break the idea that you're not good enough if you're single in the name of Jesus. If those are the, the things that are prying on your heart sometimes when you address this issue of, oh my goodness, nobody wants me. I don't have value. I don't, that I break that in the name of Jesus because as we've said many times, Jesus is calling you in to relationship with him, which gives you worth beyond compare. Um, no matter how somebody's treated you in the past, I know a lot of people might be single because of things that have happened in the past. Um, no matter no matter where you are in life, you have worth beyond compare. Equally, if you are married and you are harking back to a time when you were single and you wish you could still be single, um, keep keep going. God will bless you and fill your marriage. Um, and in general, uh, let God be your first love. And I have a feeling that if he's your first love, then the other things will become a little bit easier, whether you are single, long-term single, short-term single, married or in a relationship. Let him be your first love. So this week we are recommending books. We've already, I know we've already done books, but yes. we did Christian books. We're now doing not Christian books. Tanya, what is your recommendation? Uh, my favourite book, my favourite non-Christian book is A Thousand Splendid Sons um, by the, the name of the author I can never pronounce. Do you, do you, can you say it? I, I think it's pronounced Khalid Hosseini. He's an incredible author and it's, um, it's basically about the lives of two women during um, the Taliban occupation um, in Afghanistan um, and prior to that during and then afterwards um, and I haven't actually read it since the whole um, tele uh, the Taliban invading Afghanistan again actually I wonder if it would be even more heart-wrenching now um, but it's generally a really really good book and it taught me a lot because I didn't know a huge amount about this relatively recent and now is modern day history um, so it's really beautifully written and it gives you an insight into, into the culture, into the lives of these women. It's, and it's, yeah, it's really wonderful. Um, yeah. So give it a read. It's um, it's, although it's got a lot of sad subject areas, it's full of hope and joy as well. Um, yeah. It's a big, big fave. I also currently reading, and you'll be proud of me for this one. I'm reading um, Children of Jocasta, which is like a, yeah. a retelling of a classic. So good. <laughs> classical retellings guys yeah. well to be fair I'm at, that is actually my recommendation is um is a classical retelling as well um uh -huh. so my recommendation to you is Circe by Madeline Miller okay uh, so good so so often and you you realize this more and more as you study classical mythology um everything is about the men and the women are always portrayed almost mm -hmm. always as villains or villainesses yeah or secondary characters that have very little meaning yeah. yeah exactly and it's very very frustrating the more you look at it um but that, do you think that's because a lot of these things were written by men <laughs> wow i i'd never thought of I that think that's a groundbreaking idea that i've just had there men writing writing history maybe maybe we need uh -huh. more female writers Maybe we do. Maybe we do. Huh. Revolutionary. 
<laughs> anyway, Cersei by Madeline Miller. It's such a great book. Um, it basically it retells the story of the Odyssey from Cersei's perspective. Mm. She's so often portrayed again as a villain. Um, and she's she's always she's kind of impedes Odysseus's journey back home to Ithaca. Um, but actually, it it really it tells this from from her perspective, and it's beautifully done. Um, it really it brings her to life. It makes her so much more human. But yeah, that's my. Sounds favorite. awesome. I want to read it. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.